0: thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard it can move anywhere Aven, time on
1: time give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems there and
0: is a corridor thing. and the corridor is time it surrounds all things on display
1: i eventually had to go down to the cellar that's the display department with a torch the lights probably gone so had the stairs yours is number six i am not a number
0: i am a person Welcome to British Invaders, episode 382. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television. And this time we are continuing our discussion about Supernatural. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. So we are doing our annual Halloween special being released on October 31st. And in this case, we are looking at a spooky show from the BBC in 1977. This is not to be confused with the American long-running series called Supernatural. This one was a 1970s anthology series with eight episodes, each one roughly 50 minutes, with standalone separate stories that are linked with a framing device. And that framing device is a gentleman's club where they tell
1: each other scary stories after dinner in the fictional club of the dam of course it's called that and as we said last time a standout cast of british actors throughout the eight episodes for us to talk about and it's a sort of you know there's a bit of spooky gothic stuff for halloween for us
0: brian absolutely and the framing device that we mentioned each one having a person tell a story in the club Of the dam to try to be admitted to this club allows for some narration that during the presentation of the story, an actor who is involved does a little bit of narration as well. So we talked about some of the individual episodes and we'll continue with that now. Victoria, broadcast on the 16th of July, 1977, is the only episode of the eight that was not written by Robert Muller. This one was written by Sue Lake and it is about a young woman struggling to accept her new stepmother, played by Catherine Schell from Space 1990 and from doctor who city of death and the attachment that this girl forms with a doll that looks like her now deceased mother a creepy doll brian a
1: creepy life-size doll no less
0: (laughs) yes or close to life-size anyway they do go to a lot of these sort of well-known themes and things that we've seen before and other things in terms of these ideas but they do some interesting things with them
1: and then we get to episode seven broadcast on the 30th of july they skipped a week because of the royal international horse show we used to do that back in the 70s and they broadcast the episode called night of the marionettes often cited by people as possibly one of the standout episodes And in fact, on our Facebook group today, S.J. Connett says that uh, remembers this particular episode as the only one and didn't watch any more because of it. Um, This is about a researcher into the history of Byron and the Shelleys, who is on a journey with his family following the sort of travels of Percy and Mary Shelley. But their trip goes wrong and they have to take shelter in an inn. The owner, played by no less a person than Vladek Chabol, they host a bizarre marionette show. And without giving too much away, um, I'm going to say that this is closely linked to the story of Frankenstein and there are some elements of that so another archetype from our 19th century gothic horrors here brian
0: yes and it is definitely linked to frankenstein but quite different from that story as well and a very creepy one Vladik shabal was always an interesting actor to watch but i think he was never creepier than he was in this
1: it is pretty creepy one actually
0: Dora Bella was the final episode on the 6th of August 1977 it was broadcast with Jeremy Clyde and David Robb as two young men on a grand tour of Europe where they meet a quite... I guess, captivating woman played by Anya Marston, And one of them falls for her without reservation and the other watches as he seems to spiral downwards. Yeah, something
1: is wrong with him and... Well, we probably can't hint anymore without giving away spoilers on this one, Brian.
0: Yes, there are definitely familiar themes that are used in interesting ways there, too. So we often talk about
1: anthology horror shows. We're going to mention a few here, I think, Brian.
0: Yes, absolutely. Anthology shows where you have a different story each week with a different cast of characters are common in lots of genres but they do seem to work very well for horror and we have looked at some of those yes we've done a, a few classics we've done out of the
1: unknown which uh we mentioned in our last episode of course started out as a science fiction show but particularly the later series when it was in color they were very horror themed We've talked about those two episodes from Mystery and Imagination on ITV, the Frankenstein episode, and we did a couple of shows on the Dracula episode, which also starred Denham Elliot as Dracula, and here he is cropping up in one of the episodes. Dead of Night, we, we did not too long ago, those surviving episodes of that series, And, of course, the ghost story for Christmas Strand, you could probably put in here and there, using those M.R. James tales, but then also a Charles Dickens short story and then a couple of modern ghost stories So it works particularly well there. And of course, there's some others that we might still get to.
0: Yes, absolutely. And it's worth noting that a lot of the ones you talked about there are from the 1970s or from the late 60s. I think by the time Out of the Unknown was getting into horror more, it was into the 1970s which is around when Dead of Night came out and Ghost Story for Christmas as well. But there are some modern shows that get into these horror anthology types of ideas. Black Mirror being an obvious one that I think straddles science fiction and horror. The Nightmare Worlds of H.G. Wells was a recent production that got into horror anthology
1: as well and as you've said brian the episodic nature of a tv series seems to work well for an anthology show uh, particularly for an anthology horror show although it's nice when the shows have a sort of linking narrative um i remember you know ray winston as hg wells sort of narrating the his nightmare worlds and here we have the sort of club theme the after dinner storytelling with a slightly sinister overtone of uh admission to the club or terrible failure and I'm going to say, you know, we have covered gothic stories like Frankenstein and Dracula, but this is possibly the most out-and-out, deliberately gothic series of the anthologies we've perhaps done, I think.
0: Yes, complete with organ, so... Yes, <laughs>
1: and gargoyles.
0: Yes, organ and gargoyles and the opening titles. So that tells you something about that there. But there are other shows that we may yet get to that cover some gothic ideas and have anthology formats as well yes so i mean we've mentioned jeremy brett we're aware of a
1: show that he appeared in called haunted i think only a couple of episodes of that were made or maybe still survive but we might get to it I've looked at Orson Welles's Great Mysteries, and particularly because it includes a quite faithful adaptation of that classic chilling story, The Monkey's Paw. Great cast on that one as well. There's the biggie, which is, of course, Roald Dahl's Tales of the Unexpected. A very long-running show, so lots of episodes for us to cover. But all of these things, they might be on our possibles list in the future, Brian.
0: Yes, it might be interesting to get to some of those. We'll see what happens.
1: But we're always open for suggestions. If you know of other horror anthologies or similarly themed shows then please do let us know
0: yes and we do focus on science fiction when we can but we always like to mix in a little bit of horror and a little bit of ghost stories and things especially when it comes to halloween and christmas seasons so we may see some of those showing up at those times of year indeed so we should get into some of our own thoughts about what we thought about Supernatural and the individual episodes. So, Eamon, what did you like about Supernatural?
1: Um, I like the cast. I think the cast is sensational. I think these are great British actors doing top-quality work. Robert Hardy, Jeremy Brett, Ian Hendry. I think Billy Whitelaw is great. I enjoyed Gordon Jackson and Pauline Moran in The Night of the Marionettes. And we should probably mention or say something about Vladek Um, because, of course, you've talked about him on your Bond podcast, appears in From Russia With Love,
0: is it? Yes, it is. He was in From Russia With Love and quite a large role there. He had, naturally, an Eastern European accent and in the 60s, he was used in roles that needed that so it was very common that if there was a russian agent in uh, an espionage show or someone who was from somewhere in eastern europe during the the cold war it wasn't always easy to uh to bring people in for that and he was there so he took on a lot of those roles and he was always very good in them and i think in this case he was actually a little further away from that type of role but did a very nice job with it and i think
1: he turned up in ufo the jerry anderson live action show and if i remember rightly we might be coming across him if not the avengers possibly the new avengers yes maybe so He was one of the regulars in UFO. Yeah, Uh, he's great. And as you say, he's full creepy in
0: The Night of the Marionettes. What did you think about the cast in these eight episodes, Brian? Oh, I did like the cast a lot in these. You did have a lot of these well-known actors giving standout performances. I would add to some of the ones you mentioned, uh, Catherine Schell also gave us a lovely performance. But the actors that I didn't know were also giving solid performances. So I think that across the board, this was a well-performed show. I quite liked it.
1: Great stuff. What about the look and the sound and the feel of the production? What did you make of that?
0: Uh, Yeah, I thought it worked. I thought they constructed these in such a way that they were not... Not running into the limitations that they had and the look and feel of things that they had i thought was used well so they couldn't do big expansive types of things but they could do sort of more small and claustrophobic things and they used those to good effect
1: yes as we've said not really any outside filming it's all on sets But he uses the darkness and the claustrophobia of the sets to good effect to produce that gothic feel. And there is, you know, those moments of characters moving candles or candelabras around that produces that famous video ghosting effect, which is quite, it's still quite haunting. We particularly saw it in that uh, 1970s Dracula, but we see it here a bit as well, I think, Brian.
0: Yes, and I think the direction in this is quite good. So that helps them use these pretty limited resources and limited studio settings and they use them quite well so i think the the directors did some very nice work in this
1: and of course we mentioned the music and those particularly gothic organ themes to start us and finish each episode make no mistake this is deliberately sort of like the haunting gothic horror organ music to tell us what were to expect
0: yes i think the music was quite well used i i liked how it was used and the narration sometimes narration can be sort of a problem it can sort of be a little bit too heavy and always explaining things i thought the narration here was used quite well It was usually used sparingly, it was used to set up each story as they go into it, and it was often used to give a sense of time, to add the sense of of the passage of time when there are gaps there the narration would uh, help give us that sense so i liked how the narration was used in this now obviously the the writing it's got the narration it asks
1: quite a bit of the actors because with so little action i suppose there's a lot of dialogue isn't there robert muller does ask quite a bit of the cast there's quite a lot of stuff for them to carry in the dialogue
0: yes absolutely uh it is in a lot of ways quite theatrical and using a lot of these themes from sort of 19th century literature and that sort of thing and using those gothic ideas it leans towards fairly traditional old style at times even a bit ornate dialogue and you know it's a matter of taste whether you like that in uh, you know this gothic sort of thing i thought it worked really well okay good i mean what were your favorite episodes What which ones stood out for you well for me the big standout was victoria which not only was a creepy doll story but also dealed with a young person grieving for a parent and these sort of grieving and loss ideas it had a cast of mostly women with a female writer who i think knew how to write good dialogue for a a largely female cast and it actually had gay characters in it as well which I always find unexpected in a 1970s show and I thought they were fairly well portrayed as well so it was a little different from the other ones but did have some of those gothic ideas and it did some things that were a little bit different with the framing device as well so I thought this would it was one that worked particularly well and was a out it's
1: a very interesting episode and of course as you say it's the one not written by robert muller and interesting to see what a female writer brought and quite a female-led episode as you said brian so uh, that was very interesting and of course there's a creepy doll so you know that's always bonus isn't it yes <laughs> i liked night of the marionettes which again is uh you know has got that strange uncanny aspect to it with these this show that the the inn puts on which is enormously popular with the locals where it's not quite clear if they're supposed to be marionettes they've got strings but they seem to be some form of people in the costumes and it's all that's quite creepy stuff
0: yes that's right and at times the differences between the the people and these strange theatrical costumes and the marionettes which is which and are they the same or not yeah there are questions there and again it's a lot about what you don't know. So yeah, Night of the Marionettes was an excellent episode, a standout as well. I do think the two-parter, Countess Ilona and the Werewolf Reunion, was also a standout. I think that worked quite well and had some nicely uncomfortable things with these men discussing what was happening and how they were being manipulated by this woman and you also have her son so there's a child involved and questions there again a lot of things we don't know so i thought that was again one that worked very well yes and of course led by the great billy
1: whitelaw although you know the the other cast ian hendry edward hardwick Charles Kay, I think People like that in it are great But Billy Whitelaw, what a screen presence And with a role written for her By her husband And does a great job So yeah, nice pair of episodes I suppose that does bring me of course To the point which is in a way Robert Muller's point in that All of the action and horror and violence of werewolves and other gothic creatures is sort of implied in the scripts. We don't see it on screen. There's a lot of work done by the dialogue of the characters rather than showing us the action.
0: Yes, and visually I think it does work very well with the direction that we have here. But yeah, a lot of this is about what you don't see. And... To a certain extent, you have to expect that or, you know, appreciate that approach. I think it's used very well, and, that you know, that is something you have to be aware of. Just a few years after this, the Hammer House of Horror TV series came out, which was sort of the opposite, where they were dealing with some of the same themes, some of the same sort of monsters and some of the same Loosely some of the same ideas But they were doing it In a very graphic way Where you would see A lot of blood on screen And this sort of thing So it's interesting to have The contrasting approaches Of this one Going back to some Older ideas And Hammer House of Horror Using much newer approaches And things that they couldn't have done Much earlier and that that uh, comparison, I think, is a nice one.
1: And that had all the Kensington gore in it, that series, whereas this one has almost none. Yes. So, I mean, there is that sort of vagueness and implication of it, and it depends on how your tolerance is for implied horror rather than actual on-screen depictions of it. So, you know, there is that as a possible negative uh, against it, depending on what you feel about that sort of show. There is also there's a recurrent twist that I noted in our notes, Brian, which sort of bothered me that it was used quite frequently.
0: Yes, this is in how the framing device is used in The Club of the Damned, yes? Yes, and of course, we're trying,
1: not, we're trying to dance around this and not spoil it too much, but the narrator turning out possibly to be the monster – I thought perhaps overused and lost some of its shock value because of that.
0: It was used a lot. That didn't bother me so much because it's so little time devoted to that in each episode. It's like the afterthought that the episode ends with. So it didn't bother me that much that it was repeated. But yeah, it probably was used a little bit much. And the other thing that I hinted at in our last episode was that it
1: went out on a late Saturday evening slot in the middle of summer. And it feels like a more autumnal, wintry show to me, in a way. I wonder if it would have got a
0: better audience later in the year but who knows yeah that's a good question because it does feel like a very halloween kind of show which is why we're doing it as our halloween show this year but yeah it is a little bit surprising that this was going out in july in the evening
1: yes not the normal time that we start turning to the gothic for diversion
0: Anything else in the negatives, Brian? I don't think so. You know, there are a few sort of favorite episodes that we've mentioned, but there were no episodes that were big disappointments in this for me. I thought they were all pretty good. Excellent stuff. So I guess it's
1: time for recommendations. And I think it must be your turn to go first, Brian. What are you going to suggest to our listeners?
0: Okay, so I quite enjoyed this. I like the idea of looking at the things you don't see as being the powerful story elements. And I think that was well used here. I like the fact that they decided to go gothic with this and went for that full bore with everything and how they presented things and doing all of them as period pieces. I think all of that worked well so yes I'm going to recommend this I think this is worth checking out and I think it would be fun if you haven't seen it and especially if you're into horror stuff to watch this and the 1980 Hammer House of Horror and have those two quite different shows and quite different approaches side by side I think that would be fun fascinating comparison that I hadn't really thought of but yes very interesting
1: I'm also going to give a recommendation for this show. Uh, Set your expectations to the gothic and to the implied rather than the depicted horror, and you will enjoy this show it's also relatively cheap here in region two and as ever i like to support the bfi in putting out these dvd releases of these um, slightly obscure shows so yeah i think this is a recommendation just don't expect to see the gothic archetypes depicted directly on screen they're going to be implied you're going to have to see them around the edges in the dialogue rather than in the action
0: yes but you do get some good dialogue out of it for sure absolutely and some
1: stellar performances
0: and this is maybe more than a little bit obscure (laughs) when it comes to british shows floating around absolutely but if you remember it if you've
1: got the dvd if you've even got the book then please drop by the facebook group
0: or the gmail and let us know absolutely So, in summary, Supernatural brought us the Club of the Damned, where we see a group of maybe Victorian or Edwardian-era gentlemen discussing and telling these stories, these scary stories, to try to scare the group of them with a new person coming in to tell a scary story and if it is scary enough then they will be admitted to this club and if not they are subject to a death penalty it seems and we get these gothic stories told with a lot of implied horror where we aren't seeing the gore and violence but have a lot of things implied and a lot of gothic tradition and gothic ideas and ideas and influences coming from 19th century literature and places like that, but bringing us stories that were new for the broadcast of this in 1977. Fascinating stuff. Let us know what
1: you think. Absolutely. And of course, please come back next time. If I say the words, Mrs. Peel, we're needed, you will know that we've finally reached the Emma Peel period of the Avengers. 1965 to 1968 we'll cover it next time and we've got some really great stuff to talk about there Brian
0: absolutely a little bit more of the sci-fi elements coming into the Avengers and yeah too big a show for us to cover in one discussion so we're doing it in a subdivided way so we'll uh, get the next one coming up and that'll be great to
1: talk about. Bowler hats and bamboo caned umbrellas or bamboo handled umbrellas at the
0: ready. Yes indeed. Until then you can find all of our episodes on britishinvaders.com including some spooky ones including including halloween stuff and christmas ghost stories and so on or if you search for british invaders on facebook you can find our discussion group where we always have some interesting things to talk about come by the group and tell us what you thought of supernatural or drop by the
1: Voice of Geeks Network at vognetwork.com, where you'll find British Invaders as one of the members. But also check out the other great work that's going on on the Voice of Geeks Network,
0: VogueNetwork.com. Absolutely. So thank you for listening, and this is Brian from Canada, signing off. Yes, thank you very much for being with us, and until next time, it's Amy in England
1: saying, It turns out I was the monster all along.